Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. All right, so uh, we'll start with baseball, and Jeff will have some football notes as well. Of course, the Longhorns uh, dropping the contest last night in uh, game two of the NCAA Super Regional. Uh, an amazing effort by Quinn Matthews, 156 pitches in the complete game performance, 16 strikeouts as well. And, uh, and you know, LBJ did not pitch poorly for Texas, but Stanford did enough to get him to get to him to get to build up a lead and uh, maintain that. And even as Texas had tied the score, Stanford pulled back ahead. And then, of course, had the big three-run top of the night to really get the true separation on that. After the game, Roger Wallace down on the field and visiting with head coach David Pierce. Well, you knew Quinn Matthews was really good. What did you see from him tonight that uh, gave your guys trouble? Uh, the changeup. I mean, he did an excellent job. I'm, that kid can really pitch, and he's tough, and he's aggressive. Uh, but he just was really good with the changeup. And, you know, it probably took us three rounds before we really started getting him elevated a little bit more. But, you know, early on we was chasing it down and away. And, you know, he's tough. So we just got to bounce back. We've got a big game tomorrow. Yeah, LBJ, just like last week, he, he found his comfort after a couple of innings. Just didn't look like he could quite get that get comfort going tonight. Yeah, we couldn't get the leadoff man off uh, uh, out. So that was a, kind of the issue all uh, all day is just trying to get the leadoff hitter out and uh, allowed some of their power guys to hit with guys in scoring position. But, you know, that's what happened. And, you know, it was one of those nights for us. It was a great night for them. And we just got to bounce back tomorrow. I was going to say, if you tell you in February you got a, a win to go to the College World Series, what's the message to you guys? I'd take it all day. I mean, we did it last year. It doesn't mean that it's the same team. This is a team that's created their own identity. They're excited. Um, it's not the way we wanted it to go tonight, but we're very resilient, and I think it's going to be one hell of a game tomorrow. Yeah, which has now arrived. Uh, tomorrow has become today afterwards and, and i think it's a good point if, if it, it, jeff what what you pointed out uh how this team has not been as star-studded as some in the past but if you uh think back to the oklahoma series uh and uh, when when uh when the sooners swept the longhorns in late april uh at ufc dish Falk field uh the the last of those games was on saturday april 22nd uh, at that point, uh, if if someone had offered Texas the opportunity and said, "Okay, here you are, just coming off the sweep series loss to OU, uh, but you can have one game to go to Omaha. Now you have to go out to Stanford and do it. One game, would you take that? I think everybody would say, sign me up. They would they would do that. They'd be, 100%. That'd be all about that. Yeah. If you so, if you'd have given me that scenario before the start of the season, not knowing anything about how the things would play out. I'd have yeah. said, heck, yeah, sign me up for that. Yeah, for a team that was picked to finish fourth in the Big 12. And so, uh, but uh, we'll we'll see how it goes in terms of the starting pitch. And one thing, uh, our, our good friend and colleague and one of our broadcast, uh, you know, one of our uh, broadcasters on our Longhorn Baseball broadcast this season, of course, has been Ty Harrington, the former longtime coach at Texas State. And uh, Ty and I have been texting throughout the course of the weekend, and he was what he was – uh impressed with uh he is the fact that Matthews was able to throw that slider uh to both sides of the plate to both left-handed hitters and right-handed hitters and and then the change up and that was one thing I said that Kyle Peterson and I were talking about as well as the change up and that was the thing we heard coach 
um, Pierce talk about as well. But his first pitch execution, said Ty, with all of his pitches was good. He really didn't have a big miss. You know, a lot of non-competitive pitches that were easy takes, and that's why he had more swing and miss. So, um, and and with Tanner Witt, yeah, as, as Ty says, he's got to get off to a good start. He said if Texas gets behind early, he wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Zane Morehouse go in. Certainly that, that's a, a real possibility, especially if Texas falls behind, to try to keep them in the baseball game if, if Witt runs into trouble early. So the, the possibilities are numerous for what the Longhorns could or, and or might need to do tonight in this final game against Stanford. So uh, that's that's your, your baseball update for, for this portion. How about some football notes, Jeffrey? I never, Craig, need an excuse to talk offensive line about the offensive line, <laughs> and specifically the Texas offensive line. But yeah. my wheels got going over the weekend, and I teased this on Friday. I mentioned that uh, – and this is an article. You can get it in the news feed at Horns 24-7 – but uh, our 24-7 Sports National Desk kind of elaborate on this. Pro Football Focus ranked, rated the top 10 returning offensive lines in college football for the 2023 season. They've got the Texas offensive line as the third best returning offensive line in college football. The only two offensive lines they rate higher, Michigan at number one. Michigan, that group has won the Joe Moore Award, which is like the collective offensive offensive line Heisman, for lack of a better term. Uh They've won that Joe Moore Award back-to-back years. It goes to the top offensive line in the country. And then at two, shocker, Georgia, just considering the way they've recruited, uh, they've got probably, when you just look at pure talent, Georgia's as good as anybody. And then you've got Texas at three. And I'll get to this in, in a minute, but we, we know all, all five starters are back. But you start looking at the numbers, Craig. Kelvin Banks, 858 snaps last season. You realize he only allowed 12 pressures last year? That's amazing. Force That's allowed amazing. four sacks and twelve pressures on eight hundred and fifty-eight snaps. Uh, Christian Jones, uh, he was the team's best run blocker. Think about that. Christian Jones goes from a year where you can make the argument was he a liability at times as left tackle, moves back over to the right side. He's your best run blocker on the season. He only allows twelve pressures and three sacks on, on eight hundred and seventy-seven snaps. Now you had Hayden Connor and Cole Hudson. They were kind of the lowest-graded offensive linemen, according to PFF. But those are two guys that were stepping – Cole Hudson is a true freshman. Connor is a true sophomore. Guys stepping into starting roles for the first time. But we know that you're going to have a couple of guys push them. DJ Campbell, Cam Williams works some guard. Nato Mayazulu, Craig, I think quietly had a really good spring. I know most of the talk was about Campbell and the return of Banks. But uh, anytime you talk to people, Nato Mayazulu's name is one that came up quite often. And then, you know, Jake Majors, it seems like the center at Texas, Craig, is always the target to be the whipping boy along the offensive line. I mean, I, I think back, you know, Shoot, I'd probably go back to like Jason Glenn. Uh, you know, pretty much every center. Chris Hall. That Chris Hall got some of this flag. Dom Espinosa. Pretty much every Texas center, with the exception of Lyle Sinline, has like. I, there's a portion of the fan base that's just wanted to replace them after start one. Uh, that's I guess that's just the life of being the center of Texas. But Jake Majors last yeah. year. Uh, 81.9 pass blocking grade, only 10 pressures allowed last season. So in terms of pass blocking, this offensive line last year was really, really good. And the fact that I don't think this group gets enough credit for this because is it you know luck, is it toughness, is it 
uh, just the, I don't know, some kind of testicular fortitude, maybe some kind of combination of everything. But this group, had you Texas had a group last year that started every single game. They went wire to wire with the same starting offensive line combination. And I, I researched it, Craig, went down the rabbit hole, and that's one of only five times that I can find in the last 31 seasons of Texas football that Texas went wire to wire with the same starting five along the offensive line. That's a rarity. Uh, and it only goes back to 1992 because that's when the school starts tracking. You can find records for game-by-game starters. 1992, you had the same starting starting five the entire season. Uh, Troy Reamer, Alan Luther, Turk McDonald, Jeff Boyd, and Blake Brockermeyer. Some names from the past that I'm sure Texas fans haven't thought of in a while. 1996, uh, Texas won a Big 12 championship with an offensive line featuring Octavius Bishop, Ben Adams, Ryan Feebigger, Dan Neal and Jay Humphrey, the uh, the '98 offensive line, which Craig, you watched. Just I, I'm, I don't know if you missed any games covering basketball, but I'm pretty sure you watched every game that year. I don't think great, I did. Ricky Ricky had a great year, one of the greatest years we've ever seen from a college football player. That offensive line doesn't get enough credit for how good they were. Octavius Bishop, Roger Raisler, Russell Gaskamp, Ben Adams, and Jay Humphrey. It's a really really good offensive line. Uh, no doubt, they the were ne- both excellent. The next, all of them excellent. The, the next line that did it. Uh, 2005, shocker, Jonathan Scott, Casey Starr, Lyle Sunline, Will Allen, Justin Blaylock. Four of those five played in the National Football League. It would have been five of five, but Will Allen decided to move on from football when he was in minicamp with the Saints. And then last season with Kelvin Banks, Hayden, Connor, Jake Majors, Cole Hudson, and Christian Jones. So if anything, the, the good thing with Texas, if anything changes for that group this year, Craig, it's going to be because they're just more talented, younger guys that might take a job. But I do think I'll give Kyle Flood credit for this. As much as we saw him cross-train guys in the spring, and the spring is when you could do that. That's the time to experiment. You know, getting Hayden Connor some work at center. Uh, you know, getting DJ Campbell some run before he had to get shut down and have uh, the wrist surgery. Letting Cam Williams work guard and tackle. Uh, Nato Mazulu has, has worked some guard and tackle. Your top eight right now, you know, if and, and you can read this, this was in the Insider at Horns twenty four seven last week. The t- kind of that bit, Craig. You know, I know coaches hate this. Like, if you played a game today, what would it look like? Uh, if Texas played a game today, which they're not in the middle of June, uh, your top eight offensive linemen right now would be the starting five from last year with Cam Williams, DJ Campbell, and Nate Omeazulu. I've got to think long and hard about the last time Texas had a top eight that was that talented. Probably the 05-06 group might be it, but that's a really good group of eight, and you've got some flexibility there. You know, And you've got Connor Robertson coming back off of his surgery, uh, probably going to be the backup center to Jake Majors unless you know we'll see what happens with this Hayden Connor at center experiment. But, man, the Texas offensive line, it is amazing what Sark and Kyle Flood, through great recruiting, a little bit of player development, uh, you know, you know, being able to salvage, repurpose some of those pieces that they inherited from Tom Herman, they've taken the offensive line from a group that was suspect at best when they got here to people like Pro Football Focus using numbers and metrics to say, hey, this is one of the top five offensive lines in the country for this coming season. I'm not ready to put this group that high, Craig, but I think this just shows you how far this group has come and, and if they hit their ceiling where it could be headed and coming into a year where you've got that transition in the backfield, you're losing Bijan, losing Roshan, and you're going to work in some new backs. Plus, th- it's a good thing this group is really getting pass protection because I think you're going to have 
I think the offense is going to center around Jatavian Sanders. We've talked about the depth and talent of wide receiver. Uh, you're you know getting the ball out of Quentin Ewer's hand quicker. Uh, this this offense, if you, if you're of the mind that this offense is going to go as far as this offensive line can take them, this offense has a chance to be one of the best in the country, and it's because of this ceiling for the offensive line, which. We're actually talking about ceiling for an offensive line, Craig, and not saying it has a it has a hard cap on it. This this thing could this thing could really grow, and this could be one of the better offensive lines in the country by the end of the year. I I totally agree with you. Was uh, Charlotte in agreement with you there? I thought I heard her objecting. Yeah, to she's uh, she's there. playing a game and got some kind of high score over there. I don't know what she's doing. So my apologies <laughs> for that. Look, if my daughter's no, cheering in the background, her. I thought she said. Uh, I thought she was. Saying no, no, or something when you were first talking about the offensive line. I was like, wow, look at look at Charlotte. They're upgrading her knowledge there on the Texas offensive front. No, okay. I've, I've tried to right. I've tried to teach her uh, personnel groupings. It's uh it's a yeah. work it's a work in progress. You know, I know she's Good. learning to read, but I want her to, to get to kindergarten knowing the difference between, you know, eleven personnel and twelve personnel. So I started to say you can you can learn eleven personnel and twelve personnel without necessarily having to learn to read. Well, know? that is that is true, yes. That is true. <laughs> you can take the first step first, right? Okay. All right. Uh, up next, we've got Inconceivable. And, and like I said, it's a story that I am absolutely hey, certain. Hey, real quick, Craig. Jeff is going to enjoy. Yes. Real, real quick, uh, Cam, you got any thoughts? I just want to, you know, you got, I know you are you're you love Texas football. You got any thoughts on, on this offensive line? Well, back Outlet. to that, that PFF ranking, because of how they, you know, they had their grades right. And so I'm guessing to the side – their top offensive line, it was just they would take the average rating of the five. So that's highly inflated, right, because of Kelvin Banks's grade? Um, I'd have to look at the individual grades. But, yeah, I mean, Banks and, and Jones and, and Jake Majors, that pass blocking grade. Actually, uh, DJ Campbell was actually the highest graded pass blocker in that group, 129 snaps and zero pressures alone. Okay. So it's – but I think that – that just kind of shows my overarching point is, look, if you do see some change this year, uh, I don't think it's going to be because the guys that were there last year taper off. I think it's because it's these young guys making that surge and just showing the staff, hey, these are the best guys. You need to play DJ Campbell more. Nato Amayazulu is demanding playing time. Cam Williams, with his play and practice, is demanding more snaps. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, that's our Longhorn Notebook for this hour. Uh, next hour, uh, some more baseball conversation. We'll uh, we'll hear from Dylan Campbell. We'll hear from uh, Mitchell Daly, and I think you've got some other. Do you have some other notes uh, for hour number two there, uh, Jeff? Yes. Or, uh, second hour longer. Uh, I'll, I'll get to the other tease I had at the end of the week. Uh, one of my favorite articles uh, that gets published in our uh, lovely, wonderful football is near preseason publications. The anonymous coaches survey in the Big 12 published by Athlon Sports. What does one anonymous Big 12 coach think about Texas? And it's going to be a little bit different than what we've seen in recent years.